couple things that I wrote down this morning. I spent um, quite a bit of time working on this message. I was asked at lunch yesterday. Normally, I lock myself in the house, and uh, but got invited to go to lunch, and so I ran around, got cleaned up really quick, went to lunch, and and was asked at lunch. So, does the Lord end up? Does the Holy Spirit like showing you things all through the week, and you know that you put all of these things together? And I said, Well, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, uh, sometimes that happens, and sometimes not. And sometimes, what I get all through the week and all during the week, I think that I have kind of like the Aunt Betty deal. Here she ends up, she shows up, and and it's a whole different scenario. And too often times, Sunday morning that that happens, and. This was one of those Sunday mornings, and it's just, it's been amazing, hasn't it? It's like, wow. But um, one of the, uh, a couple of things that I wrote down. Uh, we, we went to a conference. I was going to talk about this conference some, and I, I still am talk about this a little bit. At this conference, there were some things that w- were threaded through all of these speakers, some things that were highlighted to me and confirmed confirmed some things that I've been studying, that I've been thinking about, that I've believed, or visions, or things that I've had for probably the last 10 or 12 years are, are, are coming to fruition. It's like it's about time. It's about to happen. We're getting really closer and closer. And, you know, the Word says that anything that can be shaken will be shaken. Seems like we're getting a lot closer to shaking stuff, doesn't it? And... Uh, <laughs> something that I wrote down way early in the week this week is like, what do I hold on to when things start shaking? What do I hold on to? What do I have to hold on to? It's like, uh, and something that I, um, that I wrote down <clears throat> early on, I have three different pages of just stuff that I scribbled on with some thoughts and ideas that I was having through the week and even different scriptures, but this is something that I think is really significant for us all, and that's if it doesn't have hope attached to it, it's not from God. Sykes, which led me to Hebrews uh, 11.1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is the substance of things hoped for. So if we have faith, we have? If we have faith, we have? Absolutely. If we have faith, we have hope. And faith is attached to hope because faith is the substance of the things that are hoped for. Right? Okay. If it doesn't have hope attached to it, it's not from God. So I spoke a few weeks, two or three weeks, a few weeks ago about discerning of spirits, listening, listening in the voices that we listen to, the things that we let roll around in our head. And I just, just remember this. If it doesn't have hope attached to it, it's not from God. I can bury that one now. I'd like to get Matthew 6 um, up there on the screen, if we could. The Lord's Prayer. Are you ready? 
Let's read it together. We don't necessarily need to stand for the reading of the word, but it's a good idea if you'd like to. We could all stand and be facing the same direction. Are you ready? One, two, three, go. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 24 minutes. And an hour and 15 minute message. Okay, I'm going to be talking really fast now. No, I want to actually going to end up fast forwarding, skip the first half of all of this. So we'll go right to... uh, I'm going to talk about, okay, we're going to go to 16. We're going to go some scripture, and then I will talk. We'll conclude with a, some talk, some explaining, some what I really feel, possibly a vision if we have time for the vision. Um, John 16. John 16, beginning with verse 5. Now, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. It's not too long before he's going to end up being crucified. He says, now, but now, verse 5, but now I go away to him who sent me. Who's he going away to? The Father. He's going away to be with his Father, God. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless... It's like, he said he's leaving, so of course we're going to be really sad. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's really good to hear the truth from Jesus, isn't it? It's to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, who's the Helper? Absolutely. And how do we refer to the, how does Jesus refer to the Holy Spirit? Him. Him. If I depart, I will send who? Capital H. Him to you. Red letters. I will send him to you. I have to go. He's going to come. I'll send him to you. And when he has come, again, he, who? Holy Spirit. He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me. What's the biggest sin? Not believing in Jesus. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you. He was by no means finished with all of the things that he needed to teach them. He said, but you can't bear them all right now. It's like, 
at that conference trying to drink from a fire hose there. And it's like, it's tough to, it is tough to absorb a lot of different speakers when you have a speaker for 20 or 22 minutes or 23 minutes and then a, a short break just, to, just to, uh, to introduce the next speaker and another speaker and another speaker. And they were all amazing. And this, this was called the um, Global Prophetic Summit in right near Dallas, Texas. Global Prophetic Summit. Incredible speakers, incredible, powerful people of God that were there. And we got to drink of it. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, so now he is referred to as the spirit of truth, has come, he, again, he, the Holy Spirit, is a he, not an it, will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. Here's something that I've, I really feel is very, very, very important for us to grab onto here. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. What did Jesus say about himself? He only spoke what he heard his father speak. He only did what he saw his father do. So it's see, hear, do, speak. Same thing with Holy Spirit. He's saying, he will guide you into all truth. He won't speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he'll speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. What's the job of the Holy Spirit? And to lead us into all truth while glorifying Jesus. Okay? He will take of what is mine, capital M. He'll take of what is mine and declare it to you. So he's teaching directly to, from, and through Jesus to us. Jesus says, of what is mine, he will teach us, you and me. He's going to teach us. He will glorify me. He will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Man, just point to your neighbor and say, to you. And now tap, your tap yourself right on the chest and say, to me. Who's going to teach it to you? Holy Spirit. All things, this is one that I just love this part. All things that the Father has are mine. So Jesus is saying, all things the Father have are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Is that good right there? It's like, yes. He will take of what is mine because everything of the Father's is mine. And he will deliver that. He will give that. He will teach that to you. That's good stuff, isn't it? Yeah. So where are... <laughs> okay. I wrote something else down here, and I don't have very long, but I want to I read this because I went back and looked at this, and like, oh, my goodness. Um, so what am I going to hang on to? What do I hang on to when the shaking begins? What do I hang on to when the things really start shaking? What do I... I'm going to share, I'm going to take 
an extra three or four minutes right here, maybe five minutes. Um, I had a vision. Uh, no, no, this wasn't a vision. This was a dream a long time ago. And I've shared this before. Some of those of you that have heard it, listen to it again and pretend like you never heard it, that this is something amazing. Um, in this dream, I, had, I was sitting in the middle in a boat, had somebody on the left side, and the steering wheel was on the left side, which was unusual for a boat. And, and there was a young woman driving the boat. I'm sitting in the middle. There's an older lady at my right and a grandson. It's three years old, clamoring all over the place. There's a little nook right here ahead of me that I can sit him while I'm still watching where we're going. We're on a very large body of water. We're driving, and I'm not driving the boat, which always makes me just a little bit nervous, uh, not being the one driving. But in this particular case, I was not supposed to be. I had passed that off to a younger woman. Uh, and so as my grandson, I, I sat him there. I'm watching, and, and I look up, and a massive, a monster, like 50-foot wave was coming. It's like, oh, this little boat we're in is never going to survive with this wave. What do we do now? remembering that I had life jackets in the very back in a compartment in the back of the boat. Why didn't I hand the life jackets out to everybody? And the only thought, as the water came crashing over the top, grab my grandson, start to look around the boat, because I know it's going to be shattered, going to be broken to pieces. What can I grab from this boat to keep myself and my grandson afloat and alive? It's like, and I woke up... <gasps> Like, oh my goodness. That was extremely a, 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 a scary, a graphic dream like that. And, and I wasn't thinking about the, the other people. It's like, huh, that's interesting. Why was I not as concerned about them as I was about the grandson? I think, well, they probably have a foundation. They probably are old enough to be able to swim on their own. They can look for what they can grab onto that they can hang on to to survive. But what I need is this baby right here. I, I need to, and I need to find something that I can grab and that I can hang on to. From this conference that we were just at, um, very, very, very interesting to me that what I heard a whole lot of that was coming from them which almost emboldens me after hearing that, because like, here's some confirmation, here's some affirmation right now. Another, this was a vision, this was a, a vision, open vision that I saw, and this is several years later, but that first one, that dream that I just shared with you, is what really helped me in the thought process of what we need to develop in that our mission statement is to equip and empower you to fulfill your purpose in Christ. Amen. To equip and empower you, which is to give you the life jackets. We have lots of opportunities of greater learning opportunities where you can learn more, where you can learn more, where you can be equipped. Here at Valley Church, there's Wednesday night, there's two classes, three classes. Uh, including youth and, and children. There's multiple classes that are going on, but at least two classes for adults every Wednesday night that you can further. There's Thursday, VSSM. There is great opportunity at Valley Church for you to be equipped and empowered to fulfill your purpose in Christ. And we now have Valley Christian Academy. So even the littles that are coming up now are, are learning what, what it is like to lead a God-centered life. So we are equipping to the best of our ability, but there needs to be a hunger for that. I, I, I titled this, this message this morning, 
casualties of casual Christianity. I believe, and this a vision that I got a long time ago, and I still remember like probably fifth, sixth grade science or something where they're talking about caves and stalactites and stalagmites because this reminded me of somewhere between stalagmites, stalactites, and shark's teeth that, that, that come together like this. And, and I saw, I believe, that the color represented, like if you take this color of blue, very, sharp, very close to this color of blue, which I think of as, as Caribbean waters blue, you know, it's like this is what this reminds me of. And then take a very dark blue, between a, a blue and a purple, somewhere very dark, majestic, bluish, purple, royalty kind of color. And I remember that teaching, trying to remember what's mites and tights, but I can remember the teacher saying, well, when, this, when the mites go up, the tights come down. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Courtesy laugh there. Stalagmites, stalactites, with mites, tights, anyway. So I saw this, and I had seen before, like, this representing to me a grace. Grace, grace, grace. I've seen somebody in that bubble of grace, when they were going through some crazy stuff, wrapped in a bubble, almost that color. Not, I mean, fairly close to that color. And it's like, wow, traveling on a journey, and they were okay sharing with, talking with him later, and it's like, yeah, God was with me through this whole thing, and he led me. It's like, yes, that's the grace of God. We have been through a dispensation of grace, 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 grace. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance, right? Not, it's like, wow. There was a lot of talk at this conference from these prophets, Global Prophetic Summit, about the fear of God. We all know that the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. But I wish I had more time to explain what I think about the fear of God. Um, I'll just do it really fast. The fear of God was, for, for me was almost like the fear of my father, my biological dad who, who raised up when I was young. If he told me to do something and I didn't do it, I was going to get in trouble, let's put it that way. When my mom was the discipline, I call it the, the, the mother-son dance because I danced around in a circle while she had a belt, and it was like, <laughs> she's trying to keep up with me with the belt. Dad was a whole different story. It wasn't that often, but when it was, it was very memorable. <laughs> just call it memorable. So there was a, a very reverent fear of my father, knowing that... that if I messed up, I was going to get a whooping. So that, describing that, it's like, okay, when we mess up, is there going to be correction and discipline? Yes. As I got a little bit older and began to realize, my dad's not just dumb, he's really smart. Really smart. And my dad wants what's best for me. So I began then to listen to my dad with a great deal of, respect and honor rather than just fear. I really believe that the fear of the Lord is the reverence and the respect and honor, but he is a mighty, sovereign God that is very much jealous for our affection, for our attention, for our worship, and for our focus. Amen. 
And when we do otherwise, we choose other things as idols, God's not going to be happy with us. And so living our life in such a way that my father, my dad, my biological dad, and myself, we became best friends as I moved into adulthood. We became partners in business and best friends. So that's when, when I think of Jesus in the 15th chapter of John talking about no longer are you you know, slaves or servants, but friends. It's like when we come to the place of relationship with Jesus, that we're understanding the desires of his heart and that we want to see his desires. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When our goal is his goal and his desire, then all things, there's, there's a convergence of, thing, of things coming together, coming into alignment, and it's like, yes, yes. That's where Christy, when she preaches, she talks about joyful repentance, that there is joyful repentance that we do because Holy Spirit is showing us, correcting us, and saying, yes, yes, I'm glad to change that because I love you and I know that you love me and I want to fulfill your purpose in my life. Everybody still with me? This is way too many words per minute for me. (laughs) Okay. We're going to uh, fast forward just a little bit. And I believe, yeah, I got to get back to this one. I'm talking faster than my brain's even working now, and usually it's the other way around. But uh, where I saw the thinking of... You know, this is the grace. This is the grace is all over the earth, but it's got, you know, like teeth sticking up. And, and coming down is like, oh my goodness, holiness, purity of God. Like as heaven invades earth, coming down and a convergence taking place. And man, what gets squished in the middle there when we think of, First heaven and second heaven and stuff, as <laughs> we're going to see a lot of demonic activity being scrunched in here in the middle, being things really stirred up, the stuff that's being shaken. Because I believe that we are entering into a time and we are entered into a time where purity and holiness is becoming way, way, way more important. That God no longer is saying, oh, you can just live with your girlfriend. You can do. You you can just do this stuff. It's no worry. It's it's no worry. It's casual Christianity is beginning to tolerate more and more and more and more, which the Bible describes as sin and evil. Are you with me? This making sense. I believe that's what's happening. I believe that's what's coming. I believe that's what's changing. I was, uh, the people I was having lunch with yesterday, one of the things that, 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 that they shared when I was telling them a little bit about this vision that I had here uh, even a few years ago, and I said, I believe it's purity and holiness. It's, it's the righteousness of God and the holiness of God. It's, Be holy because I'm holy. He has saved us, forgiven us, made us righteous, made us holy in his sight, but then we are to walk out that holiness. And he has given us the Holy Spirit to, as an insurance policy so we can walk that out. 
that we can be strengthened. One of the things that I think the title of that actual, that, that conference was uh, Authority Over Chaos. Authority Over Chaos. It's like, how do we have authority over chaos? What do we hang on to? And, man, that's where I wrote something down, which it's a little bit hard to read because I got up early and I, and I wrote it down. It's like, what do I hold on to? I hold on to the God of creation. In my life, the God, the Father, my Father, God. Jesus, his Son, the firstborn of the sons and daughters of God. Jesus, in Romans 8.29, it refers to Jesus, the firstborn Son of God, the firstborn of many sons and daughters. So, Jesus, the firstborn, what do I hang on to? I hang on to God the Father. Jesus, the firstborn of the sons and daughters of God, and the unblemished sacrifice I know that he made for me, that perfect sinless lamb of God that sacrificed himself, his life, that I would end up having freedom in my life from sin. And I hang on to the day-to-day relationship I have with my guide, my comforter, my counselor, and my teacher, the one that reveals all truth, that promise that came from the Father and the Son, who will continually reveal to me the nature and heart and will of both Father and Son. That's pretty good right there. As the scripture says, he will lead me into all truth. Okay, I would like to turn to uh, 20, Luke 24, 49. Jesus says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father to you. Tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Want to just endued with power. I did, I dug into that endued thing today. It's like be endued with power, be filled with power. One translation would say, you'd be filled with power from on high. I say, no, nah, it's not what that, that really is not what that says. And I don't believe that that's what that means. I believe endued with power means Wrapped or clothed. If you dig far enough into it, it will, it will, you'll find where it says clothed. Wrapped with power from on high. When Jesus was baptized and we saw the, the, the dove descend upon him and we heard the voice, they heard the voice of the Father say, this is my son, in him I am well pleased. I believe that Jesus was... All God, all man, but he was God wrapped in flesh that was walking this earth who had decided to live as a man in the flesh. But when the power of God came upon him, he started his ministry, he started his miracles, and we got to see and experience that, but not before. Okay? So that he was our example of being endued with power, and I started digging into that even a little bit further, and I don't have time to get into it, but we're going to anyway. Um, it's like, you know, when Jesus, when he was ready to be crucified, start looking at the scriptures of Jesus 
being crucified and, and some of the steps that they took, one of the things that they did, they did not tear up his royal robe, the robe that he wore, the dark, dark colored robe. They took it off. They saved it. In fact, they drew lots for that robe. And I was just thinking, wow, how that represents to me, anyway, the robe that Jesus wore, that royalty robe that he wore, somewhere apparently purple. Uh, but a, ro a royal robe that he wore, it's like representing to me as I think through this, like representing the power and authority of his ministry, of his kingship, they stripped him of that, and one of the translations says, uh, New King James, I think, says that they put him in his regular clothes to crucify him. I don't know what that means, but he was not in his robe. They didn't tear it into pieces. They drew lots for it, thinking, wow, we'll be wrapped in dude, clothed with power from on high when Holy Spirit comes upon us. It's like... Man, Jesus wore a robe. They disrobed him to end up crucifying him. And that robe, the same as Jesus wore, is what Holy Spirit is and can be to us. He must go that he, Jesus had to go so Holy Spirit could come. Not only do we have God, Jesus, the Spirit of God living in us like Jesus did, but we also have Holy Spirit wrapping us up, endued with power, wrapped, clothed, dressed with power from on high when Holy Spirit has come upon you. Yes. To heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, cleanse lepers. Freely we have received that. And I think, wow, what do I hold on to when things really get to shaking? That Power, that promise, what he's given me. I've been clothed, I've been endued, I've been wrapped up. And I think of that, you know, even Jesus' robe. It's like, wow, wow, wow. Wrapped up in that robe, in, in, in robed, clothed with, with Holy Spirit. And then I started thinking about demonic influences. It's like, oh, if... Jesus lives inside of me, and if I have Holy Spirit by my side, and I'm wrapped and endued with power from on high, it's like, how in the world does he have any kind of access to me? It's like, that's a great question, Lynn. Like, well, if I don't keep that <laughs> cleaned up, like showered, washed in the word, maybe? If I allow, if, I don't, if I'm not completely wrapped up and completely covered, and I allow, I think of uh, Orlando uh, did some work for me one summer, and he would be mowing my lawn, and, and I, I, I had this vision this morning of, of, of him there, uh, Jerry and Maria's son. He's out mowing my pasture. And, uh, you know, birds sometimes are referred to as dark spirits, evil spirits, sometimes birds. And I looked out there, and, and he was driving the lawnmower, and he was having to, like, duck because a bunch of swallows were just... Whoosh, whoosh. They would dive bomb him, and it's like... Whoosh, 
It's like, you know what? If we're completely clothed, wrapped up in the Holy Spirit, and we're doing what we're supposed to do, we're living a pure life. We're walking in holiness. And Holy Spirit, we're partnered with co-laboring. Then we're, we're good. But... Those things will we'll, we'll keep diving, and we'll, I just seeing the birds swirling around, going doing circles around his head while he's driving the lawnmower out there trying to work. It's like, wow, it's crazy. See, if we allow one of them to land, dig down through, you know, get a, get a hold on your shoulder right there, then they're right next to your ear. And you can start hearing that other voice that is not connected to hope and start listening to that and you have allowed that to get a hold. I think that's when, when the word starts talking about allowing the devil to get a foothold. I say allowing one of those birds to grab a hold, get a hold of your shoulder and just start chirping in your ear. You, you, you this, you that, you, you, you hear me? This make sense? It's like how important that the lives we live are worthy of the calling that he has put on our lives. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit and we need to be listening very carefully to his detailed voice and to the details in that voice. And again, we're listening to one voice, we're listening for one voice. If it doesn't have hope connected, it's not of God. Now stand. That the prayer team could come up. If they would, please. Yeah, yes. Getting ready to sing Holy Spirit, and I'm going to pray first, and then we're just going to close out with, with Holy Spirit. If you just turn your hands to open to receive, I just believe that very strongly that there's a presence here this morning. There's always a presence. He's everywhere. He, he inhabits the praises of his people. And we're getting ready to go into some praising. It's like, Father, I just give you thanks right now. And as we just reach our hands out for more, I just say more, Lord, more. I, I believe that almost everyone here has, has received what you have for them. But I just say more, Lord, more, Lord. And if you don't know Holy Spirit, if you don't know Jesus, if you've never asked him into your heart and into your life, I would encourage you today is the day of salvation. I would just encourage you to come. Just like Kyla, where she's like, oh, I need that. I need that. I have darkness in my life. I need Jesus. And she received it. She got it. She's walking around in crazy peace right now. I just thank you for that peace that you've made available to each one of us. 
And as Alonzo got up and shared that he is in a whole nother level of peace. No, no worry, no concern. Just walking in, in purity, completely clean, completely cleansed. And sometimes when we end up having, um, I don't we're not necessarily filled with demon spirits sometimes. It's just one that's clung onto your shoulder. That's just hanging there, speaking in your ear, tormenting you, causing you turmoil in your life. And right now, I just speak to those, those tormenting spirits, and say, you have to go. You have to go. You have to go. You have to go. In the presence of God, there is no place for you. You have to go. And for each one of us this morning, as we're, as we're praying, it's like... <clears throat> I had a couple days and I was sick, sick, sick. I woke up in, the, in one morning and I just said to myself, self, do you believe? And I ask each one of you, do you believe that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? And if you believe, do you believe you're the temple of the Holy Spirit? A little louder. So you do believe you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. All right. If you believe that you're the temple of the Holy Ghost and you know that He, the presence of God, the Spirit of God, lives in you. So say with me, the presence of God, the Spirit of God, lives in me. And because He lives in me, anything that is not of God is illegally trespassing. I evict you in Jesus' name. You're not welcome. Any spirit of infirmity, you have to go. Sickness, you have to go. Torment, you have to go. Anxiety, you have to go. Fear, you're gone. Evicted. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I pray the God of peace would just lift and raise the level of your understanding that he would open your ears to hear his voice and take any scales off your eyes to clearly see what he's doing, what he's saying, and where the enemy is. And I bless you with that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.